Hey, welcome to Conversations with Ben Dixon, where we discuss important topics through a biblical and spiritual lens with the hope to equip and encourage you. If you want to download the audio for this podcast, go to Apple or Spotify. On YouTube, you can go to Ignite Global Ministries. Make sure that you subscribe, click the bell for notifications. You can always go to my Facebook page or our website at conversationswithbendixon.com. We have a new podcast every single Monday. Again, thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about pursuing authentic worship. And joining me as a special guest is Pastor Jared Hunt. What's up, Jared? Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah. I'm doing great. Are you doing good? I'm good. We're going to talk about worship today. I'm excited. Well, hey, <laughs> if you don't know Jared, Jared is the discipleship pastor at Northwest Church. That's our church. Many of you know that that's the church that I pastor, and Jared is a part of our team, a significant part of our team. And Jared, you've been leading worship for a long time. Yeah, for years. How long have you, when did you start leading worship? You know, uh, back in junior high, I picked up a guitar and and it was not even a year after that they were like, "We want you to lead worship." <laughs> Who was they? Where, where, where was were you? At? Our youth pastor. I had a youth pastor, Rob Jansen, and he just like he just like you know saw the gifting and just said mm-hmm. you know and just kind of pushed me into it. And and so as a young man, I was I was leading worship, and then for years I led worship at our church. And uh, at one point the pastor left, and we had a new pastor come in and get mm-hmm. installed. And they said, you're the worship pastor. And I said, uh, <laughs> I'm not a pastor. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, and that was like, and I did that for like 10 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. Okay. So Jared has a significant past before you ever came to Northwest yeah. Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he leads worship uh, for us uh, on the, during the Ignite, Ignite gatherings yeah. every Wednesday night at yeah. 7 p.m. Join us because yeah. we're experiencing the presence of God. We're believing God for a revival. And part of that is happening through worship, just God's people being offered to the Lord through praise and worship, worship as in singing, which isn't all that worship is. Today, I want to talk about pursuing authentic worship. That's what we're titling it, but really we just, it's sort of a catch-all phrase for talking about worship. A lot of different branches there are to this thing called worship. So as we start to talk about authentic worship, what we really want, of course, is, is we want to make sure that what we're doing what we're thinking is lined up with scripture. We want to worship the Lord. The Bible talks a lot about worshiping God. And so in this episode, we want to define worship. We want to describe it. We want to talk about what we do today. Where are we getting it right? Where are we getting it wrong? So let's start by defining worship. What is worship in the eyes of God? When you hear that question, what do you, what do you, how do you respond to that? Well, I know I've heard you say it many times, but like we worship God with our time, our Mm -hmm. talent and our treasure. And so, you know, giving him our time is is so valuable. Like uh, I had a pastor once preach about tithing your time, like giving God your 10% and your first fruits and, and how that's, you know, worshiping, tithe, worshiping God with our money. When we, when we talk about worshiping at church, you know, I've, I've heard you say it many times, but you know, we worship God. If you're a member of the church, it's how we worship God. And Mm so like giving him when, when you wake up, giving him your first fruits Mm -hmm. and giving him that time where he, he gets, he gets your attention, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I think time is a huge one. Talents, like what has God gifted you with? Mm-hmm. Like what yeah. are the things that like you might not be a singer, like worshiping is not just singing. I hope you, not. <laughs> Amen. I hope you not. Know, yeah. um, but, you know, God purposed us and designed us from like the beginning of time. And, and he's He's put like, you know, some very specific natural gifts in all of us. And mm-hmm. so worshiping God with that, giving him back to him the thing that he gave to us. And um, that's worship. It could be, you know organization or administration or um, it could it can be all sorts of things what whatever your gift is whatever you're good at you know mm-hmm. worshiping him with that so we tend to I mean I think I can't speak for the church of the world but I think mm-hmm. in America we tend to think a lot about worship as singing and mm-hmm. and singing only and, and that's why we refer to it the way we do we talk about let's worship mm-hmm. God right now and we uh, what we mean is sing sing louder sing more passionately yeah um, you know, get into it or whatever we're, t- we're talking about. And that there's a reality to that. Like worship is singing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's one yeah. of the branches of the tree. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've heard for years and have talked about it, heard other people teach about it, that worship is about giving your whole life to God. My understanding mm-hmm. in the Bible was it's like paying homage. It's bowing low. Yeah. It's, um, it's prostrating, prostrating, prostrate, 
prostrate. You want to get that one right, just so you know. There's <laughs> a big difference between both of those. Uh, every pastor in the world has gotten that one wrong. We always get a little nervous. I just don't care anymore. But anyways, prostrating oneself before God literally is what it means. It means to, it means to bring oneself low. It means to pay homage. It means to bow down. And there's this sense of reverence and recognition and this sense of honor to the one that you're bowing to. And so it really is about bowing our whole life to God. Yeah. And so when I say time, talent, treasure, I'm just talking Romans chapter 12 and verse yeah. 1 and 2. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, your whole entire self, mm-hmm. everything that you are, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And then the, I think it's the NIV that says... For this is your spiritual act of worship. This mm-hmm. is your spiritual act of worship. This encompasses everything. Yeah. And so really, when we think about it, worship, whether it's singing or giving or serving or whatever it is, it's always about the heart. It's yeah. not just about yeah. doing. It's actually about what's behind your doing. Mm-hmm. Jesus confronts that in Matthew chapter 6 quite a bit, doesn't he? He talks yeah, about yeah. fasting, and he talks about praying, and he talks about giving, and he confronts sort of their backdrop was the Pharisee and the pagan. So you have the religious spirit mm-hmm. and the religious leaders who are motivated by other things, and then you have the pagan who is worshiping some other deity, some it's a false god. And so Jesus, when he talks about praying, he's saying, don't babble like the pagan, and then don't try to be seen like the Pharisee. In other words, what you're doing in your offering of prayers to God is because you think that your performance, the pagan, and you Mm -hmm. think because of your... Uh, because of the optics, you know, you being seen and recognized, yeah. those things yeah. are really what you're after. And he says it's really about your heart. That's why he says, mm-hmm. go into your secret place, close the door behind yeah. you. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Yeah. In other words, make sure that what you're doing, you're doing for God. Make sure that mm-hmm. what you're doing is from the heart and you don't need mm-hmm. something from it. You're just giving what you are to God. So I tend to think of worship like this. I tend to think authentic, like true biblical worship is really about offering your heart. Mm. And what follows your heart is your hands, is your words. And so the overflow of our heart worship to God is always going to be singing. There's 980 verses in the Bible that are devoted to singing. Yeah. So there's no way you get around this, right? The overflow Mm -hmm. of your heart, your mouth speaks. So anybody that doesn't have a theology about singing in terms of worship, and they overemphasize worship is like, it's a whole life laid down. It is, but don't ignore the 900 and whatever verses in the Bible about singing because your words are an overflow of your heart. And so it's all throughout uh, scripture. So let me ask you this, Jared, where, you know, seeing that we've sort of defined authentic worship is just a whole life given to God. It's a whole heart Mm -hmm. surrendered to the Lord where things flow, especially uh, music, which is what we emphasize in the church. Where do you think that we get it wrong or right in in the church? Oh man! Come on, let's just talk about where do we get it. Where do we yeah. get it wrong? <laughs> That's yeah. the clickbait. Come on. Oh, no where kidding. do we get it wrong yeah. in the church today when it comes to worship? What's What's in your heart when you think about that? Well, you know, yeah, I was a. I, I've worked with musicians a ton, mm-hmm. and so you know, people say musicians are flakes because. Oh. <laughs> Because but they're I, because they're that. artistic and they you know yeah. and they just gotta feel their way through life. Like, Whoa, well, man! Yeah. Did you just like, feel that, bro? Like that was just so, so like oh man, yeah. like the feelings, bro. So wow. someone who's been in charge of worship for a long time, <laughs> you you learn to like text people like five times. Don't forget we have practice, you know. So like, I think just music and like thinking like. Worship is about the music and how good we can make like the music. The musicianship yeah, the, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. How great can we make it sound? And and, yeah. and, and some of that's good. We want to have excellent music right. because you know God deserves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think we can lose our focus there, and it'd be all about trying to match and be perfect. And uh, I, I was part of a church, and I just helped for a small season of this church. But they literally we would play with, uh, and, and we've used tracks around here for some more difficult songs. But they, they there's a thing in your hair. I remember. The first time I did it, and you've got ears for your monitors, and like it's like clicking in your ear, and then and then it says chorus two, three, four, and then everyone goes to the chorus. <laughs> you see, you're like, there's videos out there. It's like this is what the worship band really hears, and like and, and it's like look, look, look play the chorus now, <laughs> you know, like, and I remember asking the, the I don't pastor, even want to know this, man. I don't want to know this. Like, I click tracks, the pastor, click, 
click, click. <laughs> That's the anointing, right? Yeah. I asked the pastor that. I go, well, what if we feel like God wants us to do the chorus again, but the but the person speaking in my head tells me, song done. <laughs> you know, like, so for me, I'm like, yeah, click is great because it helps everyone play together. Yeah. But a lot of times, sometimes I tell the band, I'm like, hey, at the end of this song, kill the click, kill the click, because like, we just want to like flow for a little bit and Amen. we just want to follow the leading of the spirit and just, just free worship and, and, you know, and it, you can't do that when you're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think the music part, like we can go too far with like wanting excellence and just music. And right. not thinking about excellence and anointing. So, right. I um, think I, I like to use the word excellence in a in a right way. I think the word performance is the word that I like to use. That's kind of the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. excellence. Like, let's do our best. Yeah, uh, performance. Let's put it on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's 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 shine our shoes. Oh, let's press our shirt. Uh, let's whiten our teeth, and let's just mm. shine, baby. You know, I, oh. I I feel like performance gets us into trouble, mm-hmm. and that's where like sometimes you see like the smoke and the the lights, camera action, and <laughs> and again, like you know, be creative. I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care what churches do. I'm I'm in fact I don't I don't watch other churches anyways. So mm. you know, as long as it's not us and what we're standing accountable for. But I do think people just get overboard, right? They just mm-hmm. go, it's all about the show. It's all about the optics. Mm-hmm. If you strip all of this stuff away, I think that's sort of like the Matt Redman, like coming back to the heart of worship. Yeah. Like the whole point of that was like, if you strip all this stuff away, what do you really have? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the pandemic. The pandemic stripped a lot of things away. And then you look, you have to stare into the mirror at the substance of what you're left with. Mm-hmm. Do you have a heart to worship? One of the things that's cool about my history is that I had the privilege of ministering in you know streets and um, prisons and youth groups and young adult groups and all kinds of churches, small and big and all that. So I've been around and I've just noticed like they're really um, people, uh, I've even worshipped in uh, Aegis, which is a Alzheimer's residence home, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. They they don't know any new songs, right? And they can't remember my name, but yeah. these dear people can remember Amazing Grace. You yeah. start, you know, they can't. They they're losing their mind. They have Alzheimer's. They can't mm-hmm. remember anything. Their short term memory is shot, but their long term memory. You start singing How Great Thou Art, and these people who are like 85 years old come to life and they start to sing How Great Thou Art and Amazing Grace. And the spirit of worship that fills the room of an Alzheimer's residence home. Mm. See, that's what's, that's the substance, yeah. that, right? That's what's behind mm-hmm. a person's heart because there's just something about looking at God. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, God is pleased. Like his presence mm. is, is manifested in a very powerful way. So I, I tend to think like, Whatever the church, you know, does right, the, the things that we have to be careful of mm-hmm. is that we're not entering into performance. Yeah. This isn't about a show. This is about a person. This mm-hmm. is about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it's right for us to prepare our hearts. It's right for us to talk about it. It's mm-hmm. right for us to help the next generation truly understand that God is worthy, whether we feel this or not, mm-hmm. or whether we're feeling it or not. One of the things I used to tell our uh, previous church uh, or some of the people that I knew uh, that, was, that were on my team, at least, I would say to them, whether you feel it or not in worship, the first song, okay, you enter in by faith. In other words, like we're not wait. Sometimes there's this strategy in worship, like let's do fast song, yeah. slow song, this song. This it's like we're trying to like get that people. That was literally to, what, what yeah. we used to model. Up, down, like yeah. we're trying to create sort of an emotional thing for yeah. people. But I think what that's missing mm-hmm. is it's missing proper teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can teach the people of God to worship the Lord, not on some ty- kind of emotional thing, yeah. but rather like. God, I, I, I lift my hands because the Bible says, lift your holy hands unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. I raise my voice because the Bible says, sing a new song to the Lord. It yeah. talks about praising yeah. and exalting the one who is forever worthy. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to take me down an emotional roller coaster. I mean, the, you hit that guitar and I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's what needs to be taught rather than mm-hmm. a behind the scenes. How are we going to craft a set to yeah. get people to feel it? Yeah. If you're if you need me to make you feel it, 
Maybe something isn't that authentic. Come on, somebody. Okay. All right. Some worship leaders, you might be listening right now and getting confronted. Amen. (laughs) But I wonder if there's a teaching element that we have to recognize in all of this. Mm -hmm. What do you you think about that? Because I know you've put together sets and Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, I feel like you're, you got that, that hippie in you. You've got that, he's got that vineyard. Worship him, and I resonate with that yeah, because yeah. you know uh, your name is like mm-hmm. honey. Come on, mm-hmm. all my lips. Yeah, more yeah. love, more power, more mm-hmm. of you in my life. I'm you almost want to sing right now. Yeah. More love. Come on now. Mm. Going back to Vin, you know yeah. I I resonate yeah. with something. Yeah. But what do you think about crafting sets? And and, and that's all fine. That's all fine. Mm-hmm. Pre- like excellence is good. Do your best. But performance yeah. sort of makes us think that we're more in charge than maybe we are. Well, yeah, I think some of our worship songs completely miss it. <laughs> like, Uh-oh. it doesn't even say the name of Jesus. Oh, like, oh. It doesn't say anything about giving God his rightful place. Like, you know, like worship should be about like uh, our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Amen. You know, like, Amen. like giving him like if we're going to start something, let's start like Jesus said, pray like this. And I think worship and prayer like they're they're There's a thin yeah, line. There's a thin it, line. Yeah, you, yeah. And, you, and you sort of you sort of go back and forth. Yeah, oh, I just yeah. hit that. You go back and forth. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really a thin line. So Amen. starting with just like, God, you deserve it all. Like you're yeah. holy, you're awesome. It, that aligns us, you know, aligns our heart with his and just giving him his rightful place. So like exaltation song where we're just giving him praise and mm-hmm. honor. And so I always want to start there. I, I, at least I try to always start like there and mm-hmm. with, with those kind of songs and whether they're fast songs or slow songs, I just, I like to start with that. But um, sometimes there's certain lines in songs that will just get me, even as I'm personally worshiping. Like, I I have to like, I, I have like notepads all over, and I, mm-hmm. I'm not really good at like keeping one notepad, but I'll have like ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like I'll write down the song. It'll be like in the car or at my desk, or I'll be at home listening to music, doing stuff, and it's like something strikes me as I hear a line when I'm worshiping. I'm like, that's good, and I'll just write down that song. And so when I'm trying to put together songs that touch his heart, like things that he, that have touched me when I've heard people worshiping. And so mm-hmm. I just try to like find those and put them together. And, um, because we could try to put together, Oh, this song would sound really good with this song musically. Right. And, right. and, Oh, we could transition this piece. Cause it would sound really cool because of the same time signature and the same key. And, mm-hmm. and, and we try to do that stuff because that helps with the flow of, totally. but, but like what's been the most meaningful, most powerful set has been when it's like, this touched me personally this week, and, right. and, I, and I want the congregation to sing this together because it's powerful, you know? Well, it kind of so. speaks to how music—first of all, music is powerful. God mm-hmm. is the creator. We're the created. Mm-hmm. He gave us creativity, and he calls us to give it back to him, right? That's when yeah. the created gives back to the creator in worship. Right. Mm-hmm. And so song and music and words— are some of the most powerful ways that we do that. And mm. I'm not like a singer and I don't play any music, but what's amazing is is that my heart gets touched when mm. when when we sing together. Corporate worship to me is not does not define worship, but it it is a huge branch. It's mm. part of the stock yeah. of the tree of worship to me. And I believe yeah. that um, God's presence is manifested theologically. Hebrews 9 and 10 tells us very clearly that I mean, Jesus is our ultimate high priest, you know, and he mm-hmm. enters into the holy place, the holy of holies as the high priest. And the Bible says through the veil, which is his flesh. And mm-hmm. for once uh, once and for all, he entered in to make a way for all of yeah. us that we don't have to be mm-hmm. um, a high priest to enter into the holy place, that it's through his death and his resurrection and not through the blood of bulls and goats, but through his precious blood that we mm-hmm. can draw near to God. Even in the Old Testament, sort of there's this place that we go to, and then we can't even enter into the holiest part of it. But it says in the new covenant that we, through Christ, can draw near to his throne of grace having and yeah. finding help in our time of need. We yeah. can draw near by the blood of Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2. Mm. And so, to me, we draw near in our whole life, and the presence of God not only is with us, but lives in us. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people will when we worship, we'll say, let your presence come, pour out your presence. We start to kind of like almost theologically miss what is really true. And so there are songs that we sing sometimes (laughs) that I'm not... I remember uh, back 10 years ago, there was this song that was really 
important. And it was like, open up the skies of mercy, rain down your everlasting love. And it was this, it was this song where we sort of sing about God doing something that God's already done. And so I've always, I've always been a stickler of having new covenant uh, theology represented well in our, in our worship. Because to me, truly worshiping God has to be in light of the revelation of the word. You cannot sing to God something that theologically is not yeah. true, and somehow that being yeah. full in our worship. So, for example, another word, right? I mean, there's an old vineyard <laughs> song, Psalm word. 51, yeah. right? <gasps> Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. You mm-hmm. Remember that vineyard song, uh, Keith Green? Yeah, right? yeah. Well, well, he, he made it popular <laughs> so, in our in America. <laughs> so the problem with the the problem with worshiping God to Psalm 51 is that's David. David's mm-hmm. already committed his sin with Bathsheba. David only has the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Outwardly, the anointing, because he's a king, he does not have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. He is not what we would call saved or born again. He has the anointing of the Spirit in his position. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, he's tasted of the Holy Spirit. He's tasted of the glory of God. He's heard the voice of God. He Mm -hmm. has the nearness of God. Unlike others just that do not, in the Old Covenant, do not have the indwelling presence of God. And so here's David in his sin saying, cast me not away from your presence, take not your Holy Spirit from me. And that's an Old Covenant understanding. So when we sing that song, the reality is, is that we... That's an illegal song. <laughs> yeah. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. Ephesians says that he is a seal. He's a deposit yeah. guaranteeing that which is to come. John chapter 3 says we're born again. Uh, the Bible says that we enter into God's presence through Christ, through the veil of his flesh, by his blood. Like we're not, there's no like, um, take not your Holy Spirit from me. There's no worry. Yeah, yeah. There's no lack of assurance. I think we quench the spirit and maybe so we resonate with that because. It's because, in our guilt. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I sinned last put, night, Lord, yeah. so take not your yeah. Holy Spirit from me. And the Lord's yeah. looking like Jesus, yeah. Jesus my son died for you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more that I can do. So when we ask God to do more, like, Lord, send your mercy. It's like, mm-hmm. can he send more mercy than his son dying on a cross? I mean, no, just theologically, yeah. like, I think yeah. it's not full worship to not recognize the fullness of Christ mm-hmm. to me. So all of our songs have to reflect. Now, all, not all of our songs have to say what I just said, but they have to be reflected in the music or the words that we sing. That is worship, to give Christ all that he is due. Yeah. So every song to me has to be in line with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's how I've, I've always curated the songs. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear a song and I go, nope, <laughs> I don't always want to have to theologically uh, have a conversation about it, but it has to be right. So I think one of the ways, just talking about worship and song, one of the ways that we can get it wrong is by singing a song corporately that doesn't reflect our our, the, our new covenant theology. Yeah. So I yeah. toss all those songs. Those songs yeah. are gone. Then there are some other songs that like uh, I, that I personally don't like. Come on, I'm just going to be opinionated for a second. Can I be opinionated? Like, like, hey, let's like, throw out some like, songs. <laughs> let's throw out some songs we don't like. Can Shout I... to the north and the south. <laughs> Sing. Sorry. <laughs> I just couldn't stand that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a bad one. of mercy. I don't know. That. Do this, you know I, this, is the one, this is the one that I dislike. I'm sorry. I'm not saying content, guys. I'm saying I, 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 I just don't like the cadence. Hungry I come to you. For I know that was you satisfied. That CD hit. That was a good album. I am weary, but I know you. Know, it just feels like I'm depressed. You know, does not run dry. <laughs> it's like sounds like you're dry yeah. to me. You know. Mm. Anyway, so there are just some songs. Hey, content-wise, I'm sure it's a wonderful yes. song. Some of you love it. I just ruined it for you. But I, to me, there's the there's the content of the song. That's first theologically, and then second, I just there's some songs, man, I just can't do. If like, you can turn a song into like a really good children's worship song, I that I realize every song I don't like is a great children's worship right, song. Right, <laughs> I'm just like for the kids uh, to just jump around yeah, and go like, crazy. This, this is great. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. So we, I think that again, we we're talking about pursuing authentic worship. We really do want to just give God all honor and glory, and I think when it comes to the church. Uh, one of the things that I feel like I want to help Christians do is first understand what we're doing yeah. when we get together. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Christians, like I've been in church for 22 years. I've been a pastor for most of that. And one of the things that I think is profoundly sad to me is that the worship time 
is almost like not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? It's like the teaching, the talk time is important mm-hmm. and the worship time is not that important. Mm-hmm. And I had a mentor in my life and he said, you never, you never are late to worship. Showing up late, to, and he was old school. I mean, he's old yeah. school. And he would say, it's irreverent yeah. to show up late to worship. Like yeah. you, you do whatever you gotta do to be early. You do whatever yeah. you gotta do to be on time. So one of the things I want to talk about, Jared, is as it relates to corporate worship, and we've already said that corporate worship isn't all that worship is, but let's just talk about it for a minute because we're, we're a church. And I think my heart is for every person to truly understand and honor and participate in the, mm-hmm. the corporate worship in our gathering. Mm-hmm. And I feel like being part of a church for 22 years, pastoring most of that, um, different churches uh, and different roles, I've just felt like a lot of people don't really love that part of the service. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, I mean, some do, but it, it feels like it's not as important as it should be. And I, w- I was taught, one of my mentors said, it's, it's irreverent yeah. to not, to be late, yeah. you know, almost like you, you do whatever you got to do to be early or on time so we can enter into God's uh, presence with thanksgiving and yeah. praise. And I, I really, I have actually felt like when the people of God, when there's a fire that overtakes them, and that starts in worship, if you look at a lot of revivals, like if you look at what God did in the vineyard, you look at what God did in Hillsong, at least initially, and Bethel and all those places in Jesus culture, I'm not even saying all of those people, I agree with everything they say or all of that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I think when you look at like the genesis of those movements, it, there was a sense of worship. I used to hear about how John Wimber and at the vineyard in Anaheim, the minute somebody would strike the key or or even strum the guitar, it's like everybody stopped what they were doing and ushered into the sanctuary, and it just was packed. Like everybody stopped talking. No worship leader, and John Wimber used to teach this, never tell people to stop talking and let's start worshiping. He actually believed you never tell people to start worshiping. Either they do or they don't. Mm. The, refl- the people's reflection in worship is actually a revelation of where their heart is and where their understanding is before God. And he just thought a worship leader should never have to do that. And I remember mm. hearing him talk about that. I was like, that is profound. Mm. And there was something really powerful. So I really desire for God's people to truly come into a place of corporate worship where we are all just hungry to sing yeah. to God, to praise God, to mm. honor God passionately and to draw near to him intimately. What do you think the corporate gathering would be like if everybody shows up, whether it's a church of 50 or a church of 5,000? What would it be like if all of us just showed up saying, God, we're going to sing from our heart. We're going to honor you right where we are. We're going to minister to you what you've ministered to us. What would it be like? What would church be like, man? It'd be so good. But no, like 9 o'clock, and nothing against 5 o'clock or 11.30 service. In our church, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. in our church, we have a 9 o'clock service. They show up early, yeah, yeah, and and they're an older generation, and they come prepared to worship, and and it's a blessing as a worship pastor to worship with the nine o'clock people. Like mm-hmm. everyone on the team knows it. You get off, and we do our little debrief, and afterwards, how we thought it went, and we're yeah. at nine o'clock. We never have to say anything because the the people are worshiping. It doesn't matter if we missed a stroke or missed a key or missed missed this or we didn't hit transition right because it's powerful to be in Amen. the a, a gathering of people who are in you know. And then eleven thirty, we love you eleven thirty, but show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> like show up on time. I know you got kids. I know you got kids. You know, but yeah. no, it's it, it's serious. Like nine o'clock, it's because people show up ready and hungry, and 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 that's the best. Congregation worship we have, I think. Is, you know, when, for yeah. the kid, for children's ministry, we we've we've done different things to incentivize kids for memorizing scripture. Yeah. I feel like as a pastor, like I want to incentivize people <laughs> yeah. learning worship. Yeah. And here's why: I believe that when we worship together as a body, mm. the presence, the manifest presence, not just theologically, He lives in me. Mm. I walk with Him. It's. I put my attention to him, and we do that together, and the manifest presence, mm-hmm. glory of God is released yeah. in a profound and mm-hmm. powerful way. In fact, I think the spirit of prophecy comes upon the church. Mm-hmm. I think spiritual gifts are released. I think the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is evidenced yeah. by how he begins to move. Mm-hmm. And I've actually touched that. I've seen that happen where mm-hmm. as we worship, the presence of God is so strong, he like literally settles something in my heart. Mm-hmm. How many times I walk into worship, into our corporate setting, and I'm unsettled. 
I'm unsettled. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. I'll be honest with you, just Mm -hmm. being a flesh and blood human being, Mm -hmm. I've got unreconciled issues that are going on that I would like to say like, hey, man, I put a Ziploc on that before I walked into this building. But the fact is, is that I'm just living life and it's fluid and it's up and it's down and it Mm -hmm. ebbs and it flows. And sometimes I'll walk into worship back in the day. We don't do this here at Northwest, but I've been a part of churches where we would say these things. It's like, hey, leave all your problems at the door and just come in and just praise him and give him the praise that he's due. You see how I'm exaggerating? You know, it's like, I don't know who I'm mocking here, but just give him the praise that he is due, man. Just love on God and (laughs) or whatever. It sounds like a hippie. United Pursuit Band. Yeah, Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, Will Reagan. And shout out to you guys. If you ever watch our podcast, we love you. We know you're hippies. Amen. Uh, but I, I feel like there's a misunderstanding in that. Mm-hmm. So, so like, leave all your problems at the door. Sometimes you are your problem. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I better Fact. just go stay outside. Then. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to bring you with you when you mm-hmm. come into worship. And I really have sort of come to a place where I believe that worshiping God in spirit and in truth mm-hmm. is where you stand in God's presence and you look at God wherever you are and whatever's going on, mm-hmm. and you give him honor anyways. Mm-hmm. You recognize that God is above it all, totally and completely. Mm-hmm. You say, God, you're worthy of all of my life, and I surrender all to you. And you can tell God, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling a kind of way. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing these things. I'm believing in, in your promises. I'm dealing with my attitude, but right now I'm feeling a certain way. But in that place, God will shift something in your heart. And there's something about stopping the navel-gazing and starting to look at God. The Bible says, look up to the hills from whence comes our help, the maker of heaven and earth. Like we draw our attention to the beauty of Jesus. And something is released in our hearts and our soul that settles those things for a period of time or at least simplifies them. And I want people to know that. I I really do. I want the church of Jesus Christ to understand that worship, corporate worship, is as or more important than anything else we do. When the government during the pandemic said that we weren't supposed to sing as we gather together, Mm -hmm. I was like, there under no circumstances will I ever come to my church and say, we're not going to sing to God. Now, I don't think I have the right to tell people, you must sing right now. You know, I mean, (laughs) so honestly, that sort of edict Mm-hmm. or rule or regulation or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. I, I feel like people are just drunk with power today, mm-hmm. right? I mean, God himself does not, he, he is not forcing us to sing, mm-hmm. okay? And then there's, so I felt like here's this piece of paper that says, tell people not to sing. And I thought, no thanks. And again, it wasn't about pushing back. It was about my, the rea- living reality that I'm in. Yeah. I can't force people to sing, and I, I'm not going to tell them not to sing. And that's what I told our church. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm going to sing because the Bible is very clear. Yeah. But uh, whether we do that in five or 500 or 5,000, who cares? We're just going to sing. But it was amazing to me. It was kind of a, I don't know, it was a reality check. Like, mm-hmm. wow, I, 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 do people know the power of corporate worship? Do, do, do we realize that what we're doing right here is, is, is we're focusing on God in the midst of where we are, and we're saying He's bigger than it all, He's more important than it all, He's worthy of it all. Like, that yeah. is happening, and it's happening on multiplied level where the presence of God is released, and He's solving problems in the room simply by us looking at Him, mm-hmm. simply by us paying homage to Him, honoring yeah. Him, acknowledging Him. When you think, like, as a worship leader... And you lead us a lot, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're one of our worship leaders. Jandy uh, Benson is our is our worship leader, but we have several, and you lead one of our teams. You lead our Ignite team. Uh, what do you want people in the church to know? Well, if you could mm-hmm. sit down with like the church, okay, we're all on Zoom right now. Tell me technically, we're all <laughs> yeah. we're all here. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want the Church of Jesus Christ to to grasp when it comes to corporate worship and singing? Oh man, just like. I went through a season of of the Lord teaching me that you know He His heart is to to be with me, mm. and just um, actually the most powerful times I had in worship was when I got demoted, <laughs> and I was no longer a worship pastor, worship leader, and I was just at home. My wife would go to work, my kids would go to school, and I had this piano. I didn't know how to play. I just start playing and singing, and the Lord gifted this like I don't lead with piano because it's too much of a focus. But like if I'm at home and I just want to worship on my own, I'll play piano. But I spent all this time. I spent time worshiping God, and His presence showed up, and it was powerful. Mm. It's like you can worship God where you are, and you can spend time just in prayer and have the presence of God with you. And like 
this conversation that we have with God when we're talking to him, like that's what we do. Like revelations four in the throne room. I think of that a lot when I'm leading worship. Like if you come to worship with the rest of the, the church and you, you're like, Oh, we're worshiping the King. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's on his throne. Like there's angels surrounding him singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. Like, um, he is awesome. He, he, you know, and if that's like, if you have this normal conversation with the Lord, then the overflow of that conversation will just come out in mm-hmm. worship. And like, you know, the, the words that you sing, you're, you're going to mean because they're in your heart and it's just this overflow. And, and so if, what do I want? I want our church to be excited and expectant when they come in to see God do great things. And, and so, but that happens when we're living a life of worship. So like every day, just. So are, we, yeah. so are you saying that the way we come into a corporate gathering Matters. is an overflow of what a private gathering oh, or even our own time? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be because, um, you know, you have this conversation with God, uh, uh, spending time with him and, and we're going there. <laughs> That's where we're going. We're going to have this conversation with God to tell him how great he is. Um, and if you're coming and you're just, you know, getting warmed up and you're like reading the words and maybe start singing and, you know, maybe halfway into like doing worship together as a church, we might start feeling the presence of God show up and the anointing start to flow. But can you imagine what it would be like if we came ready? Like we're already worshiping. These things are already on our heart. And so when we come in and so, yeah, it has to, it has to happen every day. Like I, I wake up every morning I spend time in prayer. I spend time in prayer with my kids. I, I read the word. Uh, sometimes they read the word and they ask me questions and then I got to read the word later. Cause, I, um, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just spending time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think spending time in reading my Bible was, was like a task, like, oh, I got, I got to read it. I got to read it. And one day the Lord was like, reminding me of Mary sitting at his feet. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, this won't be taken from her. And he's like, just sit at my feet. <laughs> so like just sitting at his feet every morning, just being with mm-hmm. him and how that can just change. It can change your whole perspective on your whole day. Amen. And your, your, your day can be worshiped then, you know, everything you have right. and you do that day can be worshiped. So yeah, I think it's got to start in the morning. It has to start in your life. Mm-hmm. It has to start when you wake up. Yeah. It has to start with just you and Jesus. Yeah. I try to every day be the first thing I say out of my mouth, Jesus. Doesn't always happen, but that's like a goal of mine. It's like every morning, just just the name of Jesus. Start there. Start (laughs) there. Come on. So how, Mm -hmm. how do we how do we cultivate and pursue the worship of God and how do we encourage everyone to to do Mm -hmm. that? I think I think a couple things release it. I'll I'll just share what I think. The first is we give thanks in all things. This is First Thessalonians chapter five. Yeah. This is the will of God in Christ Thank, Jesus that we give thanks yeah. in all things. Uh, I, I think that it's it's easy to complain, and the Bible's full of examples where the the people of God mm-hmm. even experienced miracles. But mm-hmm. one minute uh, something changed, and it's all of a sudden like, where's our food? Where's our water? Where's this? Where's that? Why why am I why am I going through this? I think we can complain. It it, it does start in a theological understanding of God is mm-hmm. there for you rather than we're worshipers of him. Mm-hmm. So the way thanksgiving and gratitude is cultivated in our life is having a proper understanding of God. Mm. God is the one that created us. God is the one that saved us mm-hmm. uh, even in our sin. He gave his life for us on the cross. He rose from the dead to prove that he was God's son. Yeah. And he bids us all to come if we'd simply believe in him and follow him uh, and repent from our sins. So he's the savior. And we come behind him. We follow him. So proper understanding of God yeah. brings a proper, uh, a proper kind of thanksgiving Worship. and gratitude. Yeah. There's really no other way to see it. And I think yeah. we're only going to give God the praise and the honor that he's due if we have that proper understanding. If yeah. we think God's here for me instead mm-hmm. of I'm alive because of him, mm-hmm. then there's, there's no way you can – you're just going to fall and Man. you're going to uh, withdraw yourself and your thanksgiving when things don't go your way. So I think giving mm-hmm. thanks is one of the ways that we pursue authentic worship and cultivate that. Yeah. I think the second part is testimony. Mm. I mean, there's just so many examples in the Bible. When the Israelites go through the Red Sea, on the other end of that, there's what's called Moses' song. Sing. I think it's yeah. Exodus 15. It's, it's an entire chapter devoted to singing to God because of the victory that we have in Him. Yeah. In Jericho, before they even had the victory, they proclaimed the victory. God said, march mm-hmm. around the city. And they marched around the city, and then they, they, you know they had the procession of singing. They had the they had the presence of God, and then 
the walls were brought down, the walls were brought low as they shouted, so the shout mm-hmm. of the Lord. And you see this again and again throughout the Bible is there's mm-hmm. just there's this worship proclaiming the victory that we have. There's yeah. testimony. When we testify about God, we just worship him, we honor him. Yeah. We can't help yeah, but yeah. speak about him and sing to him. What else do you think helps us to pursue and cultivate authentic worship? Well, I, when you were saying that, I just thought of A.W. Tozer. He he used to say, like, you know, we're turning rebels into worshipers. But he also said, you know, like, a proper understanding of, of who God is creates proper worship. And uh, I remember drawing a picture in my Bible once, you know, with a foundation of who God is and how it creates good, proper worship. And and uh, and that was when I was reading through a, a book he wrote on worship. And mm-hmm. uh, But that's good. But uh, cultivating, uh, I read a book also by Anna Blanc called The Prophetic Singer. Mm. She talks about pursuing uh, the anointing. And she just goes, she goes back to like the basics, you know, it's like, how, how do we win the football game? You teach how to tackle and how to block and, you know, how to do all, it's like, sometimes we think there's something for the anointing that we got to do, you know, extra that we're missing, you know, but it's like, nope, read your Bible, <laughs> know the word of God, know who he is. Have a desire to to know him, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and know the word, know, you know, have a life that 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 actually pursuing to be used by God, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily in music, you know, or in where, you know, because I I'm talking from a perspective of a worshiper, you know, as someone who's led worship, but like everyone, like God used me today, Amen. you know, if you if I could bless one person, we pray that before the kids get out of the car and go to TBS, we pray God that you they could bless one at least one person today, mm-hmm. you know. Just if that was our heart, just be used by God, you know. Mm. So, Amen. I think prayer. Uh, I think when we enter into places of prayer, corporate prayer just releases mm. our heart in in worship. It's sort of an overflow. You talked about the thin line between mm. prayer and worship. Yeah. You know, when you say "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name," we're talking about hallowed be Your name. Worship. You know, we we honor Him. We honor mm-hmm. who He is. His name represents yeah. His character, His nature, His virtue, yeah. um, and we're singing to God. We're praying to God. It's like th- when you pray, you pray this way, but it's almost like, mm-hmm. "Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name." We, we, there's a yeah. you know, context of worship there, and I oh. think that when we press into corporate prayer. Mm. Uh, and this is shameless plug. Come and pray with us on in our pre-service yeah. prayer. Come and pray with us on Wednesday at yeah. 7 p.m. Yeah. There's a fire that is lit in mm. the people of God when we pray because prayer just opens up the realm of possibility. Yeah. It uh, when we stand in the gap, the the Bible talks about the gap in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah, and God calls His people to stand in the gap, this place of intercession. Mm-hmm. The gap is is the distance between where things are and where things could be if God moved. And mm-hmm. we stand in the middle of that and we contend in yeah. intercession for God to move powerfully. I think when people stand in the place of intercession, they stand in corporate prayer, I think that releases a type of worship that's like, it's sort of like the pre, uh, it's sort of the pre-game victory, you know? It's like, I don't, I don't know, like, I, don't, I like to play sports, I don't watch sports, but I just yeah. know that like how people will celebrate before the game even happens, you know, because they believe they're gonna win. Yeah. And it's sort of like what we do, that's really a bad illustration, right? We're talking about worship. <laughs> But I really believe that like celebrating and thanking God ahead of time because we know who he is and what he does. And in prayer, we're, we're asking God to do it. But in worship, we're celebrating what he has done and knowing that he will do. And I really yeah. think that there's something about releasing this, I think, this spirit of worship, if we want to call it that, through intercession. Yeah. Through prayer. And I think we're starting to yeah. experience that more and yeah. more at Northwest. I think we're really starting mm-hmm. to see that. We don't want to whip anything up. We don't want to, hey, everybody just, you know, scream and yell and get excited. Yeah. Uh, and then we just sort of get, like, smoke machines and dazzling mm-hmm. lights and, and, and try to, like, whip people up into emotionalism. No, we genuinely want a passionate expression mm-hmm. that comes from an authentic heart response mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. We genuinely want intimate moments that come from the drawing of the Holy Spirit in our mm-hmm. lives. We're just facilitating. We can't produce. Yeah. We're just facilitating. Lord, what do you want to do? Yeah. 
But I think prayer releases the spirit of worship in our hearts and our yeah. lives, directs our attention to Him. I went to a prayer conference, or sorry, a worship conference in Seattle at whatever that big church is in Reading up there. Not Reading, uh, Over, Over Lake Church, the big church. Oh, that's I mean, not Seattle. That's Redmond. Uh, Redmond, yeah, Redmond, not okay, Redding, yeah, Redmond. Yeah, yeah. I went that Different city, buddy. <laughs> Different city, yeah. It's, uh, I'm from Idaho, so gotcha. it was all Seattle, you know, <laughs> right. just like came over. It's yeah, all Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the general vicinity. Uh, but I went yeah. there, and there's like, like, you know, all this worship people there and it was a worship conference yeah. and all this stuff. And I remember when uh, at nighttime in the, in the session and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Jared, I care about prayer. And I went home and I did my worship thing and my music and all of it for a year. Well, they let me go back the next year. And I remember... Um, in worship, in the session, the Lord didn't even have to speak to me. He just reminded me because we literally were standing in the same like section of the church. And it's just, I just got the conviction of the Lord on me that I had been like disobedient and not, not listened to him. It was so, such a powerful experience for mm-hmm. me that like I dropped everything. I, I, I started pursuing prayer like mm-hmm. in everything I did after that. I wrote my thesis in college on prayer. I, I, my sister-in-laws were at International House of Prayer in Kansas City, and I'd always been like, oh, they're just running after the next hype. You know, like that's a bad attitude of me. But like, yeah. but I started actually like looking into like, oh, what are they doing? And just just looking into prayer and asking every pastor and mentor I had like about prayer and just yeah. hungry for prayer. And I just realized that intercession it's God's heart. Like, like we can talk about, you know, prayers where we're asking God for things or we're meditating on his word or just all these different things. But intercession is yeah. when it's selfless. You know, we're, we're standing in the gap for other people and we're crying out for other people. It's like what he wants is intercession. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know? there's only testimony on the other side of that. When mm-hmm. God begins to answer our intercession and our cries out to mm-hmm. him. Yeah. When he answers, there's nothing left but worship. Mm-hmm. God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what mm-hmm. you're doing. I mean, it just yeah. is powerful. It's a it's cycle. In, yeah, it's know, increased my worship. Amen. It, it's made it's made me want to worship more. Mm-hmm. It's made me um, want to be like know his heart more. You know, yeah. and um, yeah. So worship and intercession and prayer, they're all, they're so close together. And I know that when Ignite, we try to flow back and forth between both of them because we just, we want to have the power of God flow and minister and, yep. and, and you know, at the same time, cry out for our city and, and our families and, and everything. So. so one of the things that I, I mean, I guess in closing, and there's so many things I want to talk about, like, should we play Bethel music yeah, and Hillsong right. music? <laughs> and and just, just to make a comment, because I do get emails about that, yeah. should we play Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, and all that? Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't, I've never been to Bethel, I've never been to Elevation, and I've never been to Hillsong, and I don't, I don't know everything that they teach. But at the end of the day, like, the people that are making these YouTube videos, just so you guys know, are reformed. <laughs> they do not believe Pentecostals are saved. And this is the reason why these videos spin out of control oh, is yeah, because yeah. Okay. they already don't believe that everything that Pentecostals, not just Hillsong, Elevation, or Bethel, all Pentecostals, yeah. they think we're all faith, health, wealth, gospel people. And so I clearly can't listen to somebody that's going to come from that perspective. And I'm not defending Bethel or Elevation or Hillsong. We're going to use music that glorifies and represents scripture. Yeah. So if yeah. we curate content from these songs and we feel like it fits biblically and spiritually with what we want, how we want to worship God, that's fine. If they're heretics, like full-blown heretics, yeah, we'll probably not use it. But I have this, the soundbite clips that I see, it's not enough. I have disagreements mm-hmm. with all of them. I don't listen to any of their teachings and uh, please don't send me any s- things. <laughs> but I just, I don't, I don't have the time to be a watchdog and I don't mm-hmm. listen to teachers on YouTube that I don't know. Because for all I know, if I'm listening to somebody that I don't know, talk about somebody else teaching that I don't know, I mean, who's to say that the person teaching's wrong or the one they're teaching about is wrong? So there's a problem on both ends of the spectrum. So we'll just leave it there. Feel free to email jared.hunt at nwcforsquare.org. But for three years, I've been fielding these conversations and questions, and I would just encourage people to not listen to the watchdog ministries on YouTube as much as possible, because I don't even know. I mean, most of them are earning you know, monetary revenue from their uh, 68,000 clicks 
on their videos to talk about how bad all these other Christians are, and nobody's putting a mirror to them, which I would actually like to do. I would like to know who these people are. I would like to know what their doctrine is. I would like to know what their beliefs are. I would like to know what their past is. I would like to know how their marriage is and how their children are and what their secret sins are. I think we should should have a minute. We should start a ministry to follow around (laughs) all the watchdog ministries and just see exactly who they are behind closed doors. Don't you think that would be a good thing? It's like, oh, I'm not a public person. Well, you are now, buddy. So we're going to turn the mirror around, okay? And we're going to shine it on you guys and just see how good you do under the bright light of evaluation. Mm. Amen. So, Jared, anyways, what I was really trying to say is as we we close this, I think I just have time to say one thing, and and I'll I'll let you say one thing as well. I just want to encourage everybody, when we think about just the corporate worship and song, I want to encourage you to do this. As you come to church, come Mm -hmm. in a place with your heart to just give back to God what he's given to you. Sing to God what he's worthy of and what he's due and engage that. Don't just tolerate it. Engage that. Come excited, whether it's the type of music you like or not, whether it's hymns or it's fast songs or it's modern Mm -hmm. music. Just it's about God. And we try to, you know, obviously it's a different generation today and there's new songs that are emerging. But for me, I just want to engage that no matter what that, how that serves me. It's not really about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's how does it glorify God? Yeah. And I just want to encourage everybody to take another step, take another step in pursuing God in authentic worship and doing that alongside your church community. What's your, what's your final word? My final word would just be, um, care about other people. Like, cause I know worship, we can get hung up in hymns or drums or no drums or like uh, I think of my grandma like guitar, yeah, 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 yeah like get rid of that guitar. I had someone this week say get rid of the guitar go back to the piano <laughs> like um, did they really yeah yeah really <laughs> it wrote it out to me and I think I was like okay oh. hey hey uh, but no like my I think of my grandma my grandma you know she's always hungry for like the new worship like the you know and she's you know um, I don't know how old my grandma is. She's, she's old but she's always hungry for the new the new worship and just mm-hmm. that you would be hungry for for uh, for worship and new worship, and also if we're thinking otherly and we're thinking of reaching the next generation and keeping the church healthy and 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 bringing in you know new people too, just like you know um, to be willing to be okay with that, you know. And we like to do hymns around here. I I always get a pat on the back because I'll do a hymn now and then. <laughs> and, uh, but but you know we want to we want to just worship God. You know, that's our goal. Our goal Amen. is to come together as a church and, and worship, and so be ready, come expectant. You Amen. know, be worshipped up. You know, even if even if it just means turning on worship music on your drive to church. You know, and yeah, worshiping out loud. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So, well, hey, God bless you today. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Ben Dixon. Me and Pastor Jared wanted to go a lot further in our conversation about pursuing authentic worship, but at the end of the day, that's what we encourage you to do. Pursue authentic worship that is biblical, that is spiritual, that is honoring God, that is acknowledging God, no matter where you do that, when you do that, how you do that. Let's give everything to Him because He is worthy of it all. Amen? Amen. Hey, God bless you, and we will see you next week on Conversations with Ben Dixon. Mm -hmm.